Welcome to episode 11 of Amplified Marriage. Today we are talking about how to refresh your marriage. Welcome to another episode of Amplified Marriage. My name's Natalie. And I'm Brian. Whatever you're doing, grab a cup of coffee, a tea, a snack, sit down, buckle in. Today we're talking about refreshing our marriage. So we realized last week's, if you haven't listened last week's, it dealing, was heavy. It was a bit of a heavy dealing with disappointment. It was really good. Got some great feedback on it, but it was a quite a heavy. And so this week we just want to do something a little bit more uh, refreshing. And so something about Amplified Marriage, if you've seen the website, it says reset, refresh, recharge, and restore. We believe that you can reset your thinking, you can refresh your vision, yeah. you can recharge your desire, and you can restore your marriage. That's right. And so today we are going to be talking about refresh, refresh, refresh. Mm-hmm. And so some some things that you can do, we have six things that we kind of just thought were something we would love to talk to you about and just kind of maybe move you in the direction, change the needle a little bit into refreshing your marriage. That's right. Every marriage at some point is going to need a little bit of a refresh. Well, that's right. A recharge, a reset, a restore. It yeah. all, many marriages go through different times. And so we're thinking about this as like, hey, we're getting close to September. So school starting uh, the teacher conferences are happening. We, Christmas is coming up. If you're anything like my wife, oh, you've Lord. thought about Christmas in June already. Um, we're kicking off this whole new year and things are going to be happening. And so yeah. you and your spouse have already talked a million different things. That's right. About what the future is going to hold in September. And it may look even a little bit different this year with COVID. Are you going to go to school three times a week or twice yeah. a week? Any school. Are you going to homeschool? What's going to happen with the job? What's going to happen with CERB? All of these things that are happening are going on so just take a breath that's right i think we need to take a breath because for some of you (laughs) last week's was kind of heavy because disappointment is kind of a heavy heavy topic and some might think this is lighter like seriously but hang in there i think that at least one of the things make that your goal yeah that we're going to talk about if six is too overwhelming and so uh number one on our ideas and the journey to refreshing your marriage is just what well, you actually read this in first for first Thessalonians <laughs> say that five times fast <laughs> five sixteen to eighteen says rejoice always pray continually can we're just gonna cut this whole, we're gonna cut this whole <laughs> section out rejoice pray give thanks so this is what first Thessalonians five sixteen says rejoice always pray continually. What is with me in that word? Continually. How <laughs> about let me read it? Okay, let you read it. First Thessalonians five sixteen to eighteen says, Rejoice always, pray continually. There we go. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So rejoice, pray, and give thanks. And it, it sounds Cliche. Yeah, it sounds like a super cliche thing. And you guys like, oh, you're like every other podcast everywhere else, man. You just gave us the rejoice and give thanks and just pray about stuff. It really does actually change your your actual brain chemistry changes when you give thanks and you become grateful and thankful for things instead of wallowing in the negativity. Now, it may be easy to do that, um, but 
it's something that you want to move forward with. You want to learn how to pray, learn how to be thankful for the situation that you're in, thankful for your spouse. Right. Even- thankful for the situation as far as, um, I mean, no one who's going through hard times is like, oh, I'm so thankful that I'm struggling this way. or I'm so thankful right. that my family member's sick. That's not at all what it is when it says rejoice always. But in that situation, are you going to let that situation determine what your joy looks like? Or if you have joy, we're not talking about happiness. Happiness is different. We're talking about rejoice always. In all circumstances, I can find rest and peace in something in God. Absolutely. And so in that alone, whatever I might be going through, I can still be joyful where I'm still alive. Yep. I'm still breathing. I still have food in the fridge. Right. And so the baby steps, it doesn't have to be this big, huge epiphany of rejoicing always. Well, when I, meet this mark then i'll rejoice no 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 you rejoice in the little things that's right there's always something to be grateful for because i mean people that you talk to somebody somewhere has it worse off wow uh and i would say there we had like an idea just take the next seven days seven days five days and find something in your spouse that you're thankful for and tell them over text to their face in an email in a video snapchat tiktok whatever you got to do but find something in your spouse that you're grateful for that you love and say and tell them that what what that is we we, uh the definition of rejoice means to be delighted you want to delight in your spouse delight in your spouse right christ delights in us we want to delight in our spouse and you know it might take you a little a hard minute to find (laughs) something that you can grasp onto that is genuine and do it Yep. It took me two months to find something that I delighted in my husband. Um, wow. wow. It did. Years ago. It took a long time for me to really dig deep about, okay, I love this man. What on what earth do I actually do love I him? love about him? <laughs> so, you know, there are some great resources out there. For Number sure. two, uh, in this time of COVID, in this time when you may be at home a little more or you have been in the last few months, evaluate how you fight. And this is something that uh, John Gottman, you may not have heard of him, but... Or maybe you have. He is an expert in marriages. Uh, and for the last 30 years, he's been studying marriages. And he says one of the main predictors of lasting marriage is how a couple fights. Mm. Uh, I think what he's saying here is that the, the, one of the biggest dangers is that when uh, in the marriage, when you're fighting, are you expressing contempt or uh, for your spouse, the argument that you're having? Yeah. Um, is contempt seeping into those arguments. So evaluate how you fight. And it's not just contempt. It could be uh, Natalie was an expert at getting personal and poking out the things that she knew were the worst to say to me and and would hurt. That's right. And you were so good at it. And I had a mental diary of all the things to say, and I used it. Right. And I didn't fight fair. What What are the things uh, in this time when you're taking it in and looking at an option to refresh your marriage and you evaluate how you fight? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Uh, like excessive? Like it's not that you can't be frustrated or angry or anything. things. It's what you do in those moments yes. that determines the outcome of the fight. That's right. Right. And so what's the next one? Natalie? Well, what steps do you need to change this pattern? Absolutely. Right. So first one, we're finding 
we're finding ways to delight in our spouse. This one, we're evaluating how we fight. And take a hard look at yourself. Not, well, my spouse does this, that, and the other. That might be true. Or well, what are you contributing to that? Right. Right? Keep it personal so that you keep yourself accountable in right. your marriage or relationship. Absolutely. All right. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> how often do you assign motives to your spouse before you understand what was intended? I mean, there's times where... Um, I will misquote stuff or I will just say it backwards and I'll use the wrong word in place of the word I actually meant. And so just making sure that I'm, when we are in an, in a disagreement that I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt to explain yourself. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not understanding Asking for that clarification, I think, is key instead of just, oh, I can't believe you said this, that, or the other, and I don't feel valued, and you're so selfish, and things like that. So what story are you telling yourself about why your spouse did or didn't do something? Right. I think it's so important. Again, communication. You're going to get so sick of that word <laughs> in our podcast, but it is absolutely one of the foundations I communicate mean, communicate and ask for clarification so that you don't misinterpret what was actually intended absolutely and again that's just a matter of just because you need to communicate the expectations or communicate even how you're feeling in that moment not in a moment of anger or rage um, those are off you've heard us say this that's the worst time to communicate an expectation yeah. is when you're buried in the middle of your frustration yeah. or your rage or your you're having a, just a freak out that's the worst time that's right to communicate your expectations because oftentimes your spouse is already turtling yeah or they're just going to respond in kind back because you didn't just say hey look this is frustrating to me yeah exactly do it when you're not at that place of irritation that's right um, and the next one is be kind. And then the, you probably are thinking, as soon as I say be kind, I heard this, uh, there's a movie out there a while ago called Be Kind Rewind. Mm -hmm. It's just about rewinding VCR tapes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Uh, but the thing that you can't do is you need to be kind because you can't rewind your words. Absolutely. There is a, a series of uh, videos out there right now with a, a gentleman named Michael Gunger. He's a, a person that is just hilarious he helps marriages him and his wife um and it's called laugh your way to a better marriage and he had something in there be nice to the girl absolutely because the things that i say or the things that she says to me if you say them in anger and once they're out you can't take them back in no you can you can apologize and i strongly recommend so yeah. we're like a heartfelt <laughs> apology Change. but the sting the wound of whatever you spoke i mean it's there right and it tries to haunt, at least in our case, it oh, yeah. did. It, it like did. try to like always reflect back on the negative word that was spoken yeah. or attitude that was given. Absolutely, and uh, I I eventually had a wake up call in this because I was not oh you know I wasn't very sharp with my words because that's just not how I roll. That was my territory. That was your territory, and yeah. I didn't want to take that away from you. I wanted that to be yours, <laughs> right? Not, this is not a proud moment. <laughs> this is very sarcastic. Yeah, um, I wasn't good that, but I wasn't very nice. Like you know, get your own food, get your own this, or I'm not going to do that. And just yeah. that my tone and the way I approached her 
was very rough and was very not aggressive, but just like you're not going to tell me what to do. Yeah, and, attitude, and that still happens occasionally. I, yeah. I'm my own man. I can do my own things. You don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> that occasionally happens, but um, I wasn't very kind, and it it took us a while. Once I actually had a heart change mm-hmm. to actually for her to to believe that I was going to be kind. Right. And, you know, like you know, I'm on the road to sanctification or it's road to being better just like anyone else. And it still flares and it still happens when something didn't go my way. My selfishness kicks and I'm not as kind as I could have been. Yep. Um, and I have to rewind my words. Uh, and you can't rewind the words, but you can apologize and take responsibility, be accountable for your bad behavior. That's right. And like so- you can't undo What's already been said. That's why taking that time to process a situation is to your best advantage so that you avoid, I'm not saying avoid the conflict, but avoid just spouting off the first thing that comes to mind because you're so upset in the moment. Yeah. Right. And yeah, you just want, you want to make sure that your words are words of life and affirmation and they're, they're giving, um, life-giving to someone else as opposed to just being so rough and angry and there's so many guys out there that think that the way they're talking to their wife and i'm speaking to you guys that are listening to this watch your mouth Uh, be a man take responsibility for your actions take responsibility for your words because i don't know how many times i've counseled men that think that the way they're responding is the way a man should respond when really that's just what you know responding in anger um and saying the things that you do because this is what she needs to hear in that moment. Uh, that's not what she needed to hear. Right. What she needed from you was love and support. And what she got was frustration and anger and words that hurt her feelings. That's right. Um, and so as a man, I can say for sure that there's been times where I thought I had to respond this way because that was the, the what I thought was the manly thing right. to do. And as I grew up and as I had men around me say, hey, no, there's a better way to respond to your wife. There's a better way to argue. There's a better way to handle conflict. I was able to to shift, and again, it's I'm not perfect. Yeah. But our relationship now uh, is so much healthier because I'm not putting a wedge in between us with yeah, my words, that's right, and with my actions and my tone and my my lack of kindness. Yeah. Well, the word says a soft answer turns away wrath, and it's so true when it comes to our words. Our words have the power to build or destroy. Yep. Um, in the same breath, you can do both, and so being aware of that, choosing to build up or just take a step back. Yep. Take that 15 minutes so that you can compose yourself. And women, I mean, our words there's times where we try to use that as a as a way to manipulate our spouse. Yep. Or uh try to take control of the situation. Yeah. To our advantage, and that's not to be cutting with our words, that is not at all um it's counterproductive. It's absolutely counterproductive. Right. Um, that just drives a wedge. I I know because I've done it. So if it you're being help. honest with yourself, it doesn't help. Yeah. And here's something that uh, uh, this next one is interesting. It's called 777, the number 777. Uh, it actually goes, is you have a date every seven days. You have an overnight away together every seven weeks. And then you have a vacation every seven months. Now for you, it could be 888 or 555 or whatever it is. The idea is, is that you're taking time away from everything else to be with just your spouse. That's right. Date your spouse. Don't ever stop. I think that's one of the, the, like, if you can call it a hiccup 
that we just didn't quite understand is that, okay, we all dated, now we're married, and then all that other stuff stops. Yeah, weirdly. Right? It's, it was weird. Maybe that's just us. I don't know if anyone else I don't out know, there. but we just were like, well, we got each other, and so... So that's it. Now what? It's all over. Right? But no, I encourage you, date your spouse, make time, get a babysitter if you have kids. T- and, and this is the thing, is that uh, your spouse was there before your kids were. Your spouse... Well, that might cut some people, but it's true. So your kids should never get number one priority from your spouse. Now, maybe you're just thinking, Brian, you're nuts. That can't be a thing. I got two kids and they... Nah, you need to focus on your spouse because what happens when your kids get to 17 or 18 or 19 years old and they're like, hey man, I want a job and they're going to move out and they're gone and you have 100% forsaken your relationship with your spouse. That's right. And now you're like, man, who is this stranger sitting across from me? That's so sad. And it happens so many times. Is that you put so much stock in your kids that your kids aren't going to fulfill you. Your spouse isn't going to fulfill you. No. It's God who fulfills you. But God has given you this gift and you want to you want to work on that gift together and you want to yeah. be that, there together and to see um, what the other person could possibly be because of the life-giving person that you are to them. Exactly. So make dating each other a priority. Yeah. My sister uh, and her husband, they do a really good job of prioritizing. They love Disney. <laughs> yeah. They're Disney hounds. I don't Gators. even know how many times they've been there. I've uh, been to Disneyland, Disney World. Disney this, Disney that, Disney cruises. Yeah. But they they value that as a family and as a couple. Yes. They value those holidays. So their world is like he works and then he puts money aside specifically so he can take his family on to go to Disney yeah. or take just his wife to a Disney themed thing yeah. of some kind. But that's his priority. Yeah. And I think what we're talking about here, dating, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, is that the value you're placing on those other things like your kids or your job. I was miserable with my job. And it doesn't even have to be like a Disney vacation. If that doesn't work with your budget, it can just be, but it's something they value. Exactly. They value their time together. So it doesn't matter what they're doing. It's what they've invested in together as a couple and it works and it's admirable and it's inspirational for us where we're like, maybe like, I think we need to like, we put more time into that yeah. even in our own marriage right yeah. so whatever that looks like it could be a staycation send the kids to your mom and dad's or however that works if you have kids just make each other a priority and look each other in the eyes and yeah get off your phone get off your phone right turn your phone to do not disturb and the next because one, you'll need it for this next part. that's right and the next part yeah it's hard to do the, this next thing if, if you're, you're on your phone. phone it's just not nearly as much fun uh the next one is have sex that's right i can almost hear my kids in the background going "Ooh, that's so gross <laughs> but i can tell you there's two types of people in the, the relationship and sometimes it's um well there's two types there's ones that want lots of sex and there's ones that just or don't have as much sex drive as the other. And right. the truth is, is that there usually is one or the other in the relationship, but there's also times where that goes back and forth. That's right. Right? Yeah. Like in the relationship where sometimes I'm just want to be with her all the time and then things happen in life and we get busy and things move on. But this is another thing where the dating leads to... That's right. Be nice to the girl. Be and nice ladies, to the girl. And ladies, be nice to the guy. Right? It goes and, both ways. And so there's just a few things that actually do happen. One, is it? it's it. just when you're having sex and you're making time for each other, um, you actually 
build intimacy because of the sex. This is how God built us was That's right. to have sex yep. with each other, not just for the sake of procreating and have children. Right. But right? it keeps you connected. It keeps you connected. It keeps you connected emotionally, spiritually, it keeps you connected physically. Yep. So your things on there. And I heard, I, I read something called, it's called maintenance sex. We're fed this idea uh, in Hollywood, in movies, in the rom-coms, that the only time you have sex is when you're in the mood. Yeah, well, then that probably wouldn't happen as often as they make it seem it does. Well, and even what this this they're saying is that in the statistics is that if you just do it when you're in the mood, this is how joyless, sexless marriages actually start. Right. It comes to drudgery. Yep. And so let, let's be honest. Let's break it down. Uh, at the beginning when you're first married... Typically. Typically. Maybe not us, but typically you're having sex all the time. You're finding ways to do it. You're finding different things, rooms to do it in, different areas. You're doing, you're having sex all the time because that's what you're doing. But then you have kids and yep. all of a sudden it changes. You have one kid. You're like, oh, you know, it still happens and it's, it's fairly frequent and things yeah. are going good. Then you have another kid and then you have another one yeah. and then you have three kids like we do in a full-time job and she's working and they're screaming and there's diapers and there's she's up at five in the morning working all day for the kids my job was easier than yeah. hers and i was working 12 hours and i still didn't want to do her job Let's talk about like nursing oh my goodness Hello. i mean nobody feels attractive <laughs> when you've got babies attached to you all day and then your husband's like hey <laughs> Right, we're gonna have a whole another podcast dedicated to the hey, <laughs> the, hey, because um, <laughs> I think it needs its own its own dedicated time slot. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you may not feel like it, but once you get going, like yeah, be and honest. There's been times where only one of you is in the mood, and you're like, oh, fine. Yeah, and you, and then it it got hot and heavy, and you're both. But what it did was it brought you together. That's right. And it, it brought you um, uh, an emotional connection that's right. and a physical connection. And, and there's then, nothing wrong with there's times where you might have to schedule it in. And that's important. Schedule it in. And they, they and it, Hollywood makes it seem like it just has to happen randomly wherever you want it to. Don't listen to Hollywood. No. Even if you're not in the mood, um, you once you get it going, you'll be in the mood. Yeah. And it does bring about intimacy. It and does. You, and I said it's about connection. You don't want to live in the same house, sleep in the same bed eat the same dinner, do all the thing, these yeah. things together and not have sex with your spouse. I don't want to be in a sexless marriage. Nope. Right? And so uh, that is our our list of things to refresh your marriage. It is rejoice, pray, and give thanks. You want to evaluate how you fight. You want to give each other the benefit of the doubt. You want to be kind because you can't rewind. Yep. It's the 777. <laughs> and it's have, have sex. sex. That's right. Amplified marriage people have sex. Whatever you're doing, here's your seven-day challenge. Have as much as you possibly can in the next seven days. That's, hey, that's a good one. Seven-day sex challenge. Have as much as you possibly can in the next seven days. That's right. And those are just six that we came up with. Um, I'm sure we can There's think of more. There's 27 ways to refresh your marriage. Exactly. But these kind of are the top ones. But each of these things have their own importance at the time that you need them. Absolutely. And it may not that you can be able to hit all six at one time. Maybe you're just doing one or two. But these are just options for you. If you're yeah. finding that your marriage just needs a kick in the pants and you just want to refreshen it up yeah. a little bit, these are just some ways to do that. So Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you want to hear a specific topic or something on this podcast, you can email us at amplifiedmarriage at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.